Hi, this is Dorchester Community Church, Church Online broadcast for Sunday the 17th of May 2020. Thinking about coronavirus, guarding against complacency. My name's Roger and I'm just about to uh, start the uh, recording, which of course is sent out online, so that's visual. So where possible, uh, what I'm going to do is talk over anything that uh, may well not make too too much sense if you're uh, listening to this on audio. And I hope therefore that uh, can make a little bit more sense to you. May God bless you as you listen to this right now. Hi everybody, my name's Roger, I'm the pastor of the church here. I want to say welcome to Dorchester Community Church and a big hi and hello wherever it is that you're from. Come to church. interviewing a world champion. We're also going to be hearing from a COVID-19 survivor. There's going to be worship songs for us to join in with, including one for the younger generation too that was indeed written by an eight-year-old. As ever, we've got our chocolate tin. There's going to be some celebrations to share and we hope there'll be a few things to put a big beaming smile on your face. As ever, we're also going to be looking at God's Word as well. We believe what the Bible teaches. We believe this is His unchanging truth. But we live in a changing world. So how can we connect God's unchanging Word into a changing world? Well, we've been seeking to do that. And that's always what we endeavour to do here on a week-by-week basis. But what about now? where there's been this pandemic going on, where there's been so many issues that's come to the fore. We've been trying to address a number of the questions that people have been asking, but to seek to do that through the lens of faith. This week, we're thinking about coronavirus and our guarding against complacency. Well, have you found it, this whole staying at home thing, which has been the consistent message, certainly up until last Sunday? Have you been tempted up until now to break the rules, to maybe sneak out and hope that you don't get caught? Well, for one person, temptation proved too strong. When you're going to take a look at this, oh, and as you do so, see if you can remember who had the original hit. And then we're going to do church together. So remember, switch your mobile phones off. Forgot it was 
Absolutely right. Well done. You're absolutely right. Yep. It was Simon and Garfunkel, The Sound of Silence. Yep. That's it. Way back in 1964. A good year. A good year. And no, it's not Wednesday morning. Oh, oh but that was the album. Yep. Wednesday morning, 3 a.m. Well done. Well done. And, and but just by the way, you should have actually had your phone off, you realise. Okay. Take care. Bye. Okay. Well, last Sunday evening, the country heard a new message as the Prime Minister delivered a 15-minute statement seeking to unpack how the rules for lockdown might begin to be relaxed a little. Social media, of course, has been quick to communicate how it feels and how clear uh, many feel this guidance has indeed been. Thank you, Mickey Flanagan. Now, we're not here, obviously, to debate that. We are here, of course, to stay alert. People are thrilled, aren't they, to be allowed outside more. Although you may well right now find that that's a little bit more of a challenge if you've been eating too much during lockdown already. And for many, of course, it's meant a return to things like cycling. The sale of bikes has gone up. Here's one family's experience where they've been trying to encourage Dad back to get on a bike. Take a look at this. as much as we want outside, hopefully without falling off of a bike, there's a very fine line, isn't there, between that sense of having the opportunity for extra exercise, but also between that and our becoming too complacent. To do so particularly too quickly would have devastating repercussions. Changing world, changing times, changing guidelines, or at least in England. But we worship one called Jesus, who is indeed unchanging. The one who the Bible says is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's our cornerstone. And we're going to worship him now in song. Within this particular song, I hope you join in with and sing your hearts out uh, from wherever you're watching this. This is one of the lyrics. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Saviour's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. Blood 
getting my exercise a few more people here out today than there would have been a few days ago that's for sure with regards to the relaxing 
of the exercise amount that you can be out for each day. We've been thinking about that first Easter when Jesus died and then on the third day came back to life. Loads of people saw him, load of individuals, load of different groups that according to the Bible, we read there that he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And we've been thinking about some of the accounts that went on and some of the different um, people that were impacted and indeed transformed as a result. Now these first followers have made their way to a place called Galilee where they're awaiting their next set of instructions. Their mission, were they to choose to accept it? Well, nothing short of changing the world. To show God's love for each and every person that they came into contact with. To teach people, to baptise people in Jesus' name. Well, who was this elite group of persuasive people? Well, quite randomly, actually, there was uh, mostly a group of uneducated fishermen, a tax collector chucked in for good measure, and then a few random others as well. I've got to say that they did pretty well when you think of the amount of people that still love and follow this Jesus today. And also the amount of churches that we've got, not just in and around our own town, but up and down the land and indeed all the way across the world too. Quite incredible when you stop and pause to think about that. Almost as if those people that were sharing that message had to have some divine help or assistance from somewhere or another. You know, the Bible actually does say that they had to wait to get clothed from on high before anything else. wonder what that was all about. Well, we're going to have the next part of the sequel, the next part of the story now. We're going to take a trip down the farm where our reading today that's from the book of Acts, which you can find just after the Gospels. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Then you've got the book of Acts, which was written by one of the Gospel writers, Luke, who was a doctor. And that's going to be read to us by Rupert and Laura. Acts chapter 1. Hi, everyone. Today's reading is from Acts chapter 1, verses 3 to 5, and then verses 8 to 11. For 40 days after Jesus' death, he appeared to them many times in ways that proved beyond doubt that he was alive. They saw him and talked to him together about the kingdom of God. And when they came together, they gave him this order. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift I told you about, the gift my father promised. John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power, and you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up to heaven as they watched him in a cloud that hid him from their sight. They still had their eyes fixed on the sky, as they went away, when two men dressed in white suddenly stood beside them and said, Galileans, why are you standing there looking up at the sky? This Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you saw him go to heaven. And what you don't see is then Laura cover Rupert's head with a load of straw. sent a picture of Laura covered with a load of straw. Now before we think about that passage or go any further, we're going to hear from one of our own uh, by the name of Millie. 
And Mehdi has recently recovered and is now thankfully back uh, at work at Dorset County Hospital. She's recently recovered from having had COVID-19. She was really quite poorly. So this is her story and something else as well that she would like to pass on to each and every one of us. And then following this, Lou is going to lead us in a time of prayer. And the graphics that are added to the backdrop of that are provided by her son, Henry. So thanks, Henry, for that. Millie, over to you. I praise the Lord this morning, and I just want to thank everyone who is supporting um, NHS. I speak as one of the key worker. My name is Millicent, and I thank God for healing me out of uh, COVID-19. I'm back at work, and I'm still working with all my heart. I do my best, and all I want to say to people who are out there, look after yourself. Get the fear out of your heart and keep on going. But remember always, wash your hand and stay with your hand out of your face area and you will be fine. Trust in God, pray always and let God lead you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. You will be fine. Take the fear out in you. Amen. I want to share verses of Psalm 96, which says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory amongst the nations, his marvellous deeds among all peoples. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence to pray together. Before you, our God, who is always caring, ever-present, always with us. As we grow tired of restrictions in our lives or are fearful of new changes, we ask, what will our new song be? We thank you for the many blessings around us. Let our new song be one of praise. Praise for your creation bursting into life. The amazing colours as flowers open. New leaves are on trees. Birds are singing and new life is around us. And in the bright sunlight and warmth, let us be reminded of the light that Christ shines into our lives, bringing hope and peace. Let us sing a new song of thanks for the continuing work of NHS workers, carers and other key workers. We pray for their renewed strength to continue their valued work in so many different roles. We give thanks for the many local charities and volunteers providing support to others. We pray for the government and the medical advisers that they have wisdom in the decisions that are continually having to be made. We pray that devastating effects of the virus continue to reduce. And we ask for new resolve to follow rules that have been put in place and seek to live our lives in a way that keeps others and ourselves safe. Provide calm for those who feel anxious about changes to lockdown measures and wise judgment as more people venture out. Let us sing a new song of your love for our families and friends that we cannot see at the moment and for those that are well. We particularly think of Dee and any others that, that are known to us that are not feeling at the best at the moment. And we just pray that they will know your comfort and healing. Let us sing a new song of renewed strength and hope as we go into the week ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There must have been no doubt that Jesus was alive because these timid, fearful followers of his were soon telling absolutely everyone that they knew and that they saw that this was the case. But they were also boldly explaining what that was to mean for them and indeed the whole world. Their dramatic change can't really be explained through any other means unless Jesus had physically been risen from the dead. So, for over a period of then nearly a month and a half, Jesus then appeared to his followers. On one occasion, he told them to wait until they had received the gift that his father promised. This was the Holy Spirit, 
who was to come at what we call Pentecost. And that's when we celebrate the birth of the Christian church. You can read about that in the next chapter of Acts, where the cork really comes flying off. Jesus then goes on to say to them, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Adding these words, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and indeed to the very ends of the earth. Now, what is a witness? Well, a witness gives evidence for that which they believe or know to be true. And that's what these first followers of Jesus did in regards to making him None. How did they get on? Well, in Peter's first ever sermon, if we can call it that, he concluded with this challenge. He said, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. This promise is for you, for your children and for all who are far away. That's encouraging, if ever we think of ourselves being in that category of being too far away from God. You know what? There is never a too far away from God. Oh, but you don't know what I've done. There is never a too far away with God. 3,000 people were converted that day as a result of Peter's sermon. Well, I've never had that as a response. Following that, we read that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved, Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Shortly after that, Peter and John were hurled before the religious leaders for proclaiming about Jesus. In other words, about their being witnesses. Their response? They said, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. That's in chapter 4, verse 12. Now, in a day of equal opportunities, inclusivity, tolerance, embracing others and political correctness, you've got to say that that statement would be very, very unpopular today. But so what if it's true? It's not exactly sexist, is it, to say that only women have children? It's a statement of truth. Well, a witness has to speak what they believe, what they know to be True. And that's what those early followers were doing. According to the Bible, however well-meaning, well-meaning we may well be, and however right it is, obviously, to respect people of other faiths, salvation is found in no one else. Now, at the very, uh, very least, that statement is either true or it isn't. That same day, as we continue... They were told to no longer speak out in Jesus' name. But Peter's and Peter and John's response was this. We can't help speaking about what we have seen and heard. They knew that this was true. How could they deny that which they knew was true? We then go on to read that the church prayed and that they then spoke the word of God boldly later on in chapter 4. And the following chapter we read that then day after day in the temple courts and from house to house they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news about Jesus. Now I've rattled off a whole host of things in that first part of the way that the early church first began and kicked off. They were committed, they were enthusiastic, they were passionate, pumped up. But one thing they were not, they were not complacent. They kept acting as witnesses for Jesus. And that's the challenge for ourselves who proclaim to be Christians and to follow him. With these being such difficult times to stay motivated, we need to do all we can to seek to guard ourselves against complacency. Now, one person who's a friend of mine, who's a part of the church here, who's committed, they're enthusiastic, they're passionate, they're pumped up, member of our church who's called Dawn. And she's responsible for what you are about to see right now. Now, if you like dogs, or if there's any of the kids about, or if there's anybody in your household who likes dogs, you are going to love this next clip. Take a look at this. Now, although you're not able to see this, 
one of the things that uh, that Dawn does is actually train and teach dog agility, but she takes part in international competitions. And what we're showing online that you're unable to see is um, one of the, the rounds of, of her dogs called Vegas, who's actually uh, performing at Crufts. Uh, so... I'm sorry that you can't see this, but hopefully you'll pick up some of the hype and enthusiasm and excitement of the crowd. Good morning, Dawn. How are you doing? I'm fine. Good morning. Now, Dawn, in just having watched um, one of your uh, clips uh, online, um, what actually is it you do for a job? And what's your role in that clip that we would have seen? Um, I, I compete internationally, um, as well as at the big events. So, um, and for a job, I... You know, I teach internationally too, um, and I and I run I run shows. That that sounds like you're almost on celebrity status. So I'm, I'm feeling very sort of um, in awe of you at this moment. Now, tell us about your dogs, because when you were sending me uh, uh, an email, I uh, I thought that Vegas and Crufts uh, were two events. I gather I got that a little bit wrong that it that you weren't out in Las Vegas at all. No, no. Uh, I wouldn't have said Vegas was a triple world champion if that, if that was to do with Las Vegas. <laughs> but he was named after that place. Vegas is the dog. So you, you've brushed over that. So one of your dogs is triple world champion. Is that right? Yeah, last year, yeah, that's what he became. And um, but there hasn't been one, one this year, not likely to be now. Um, he'll stay that way for next, till next year, presumably. And you, you said, um, did you say you got Vegas with you? Yes, yeah. But not yeah. yeah, not on your lap. Oh, he's down there. Okay. Right, he's here. Look at that. Look at that. I know people would love to see Vegas. Good morning, Vegas. And sorry that I actually <laughs> thought you were a place and not an actual dog. <laughs> so in terms of um, how good Vegas is, you, you were saying about being absolutely perfect and then covers up uh, for some of your mistakes. Tell, tell us what you mean by that. Well, he's he's incredibly fast. Um, he's he's the fastest dog, um, probably in the world at his own height. Um, and it and yet, even though he goes so fast, he listens really well. Um, and, but even if I I give him a late cue, he still manages to um, to react and not go off course. He's so genuine. What any tiny little thing he thinks I want, he's done it. We've almost even thought about it. He's the most incredible dog. So, in terms of mistakes that you might make, I know very often you use your dogs and the relationship you've got with your dogs uh, to sort of relate that to your own face, don't you? Yes. Yeah. They're they're they the comparisons you can draw. Um, uh, between dog training and I think God uses that in a lot of ways um, to teach me things because probably the only way I'd listen <laughs> <laughs> tell us about one of the things that you that you were uh, telling me about before of uh, uh, regarding your, your crazy fast dog called Summer and and the kind of like the roller coaster thing and how that's related to you yeah uh, Summer is Vegas' sister um, and they're chalk and, chalk and cheese the one thing they do have in common though is that they both go incredibly fast um, Summer again is, is again the fastest dog of her height in the world but you can't it's very very hard to get around course clear she's she's the, the real master at getting eliminated um, she she's so hard to run um, people would think that having one world champion in fact and I've had several quite a few agility champions which are very hard to get as well but, but you think you would know everything you need to know by this stage and I've been doing it for 30 years but Summer is just a whole new ball game, and basically she's taught me that the cues have to be so early. I have to be so on the ball, so fast. Um, otherwise, she's like, you're done, too late. 
finished, I'm over the wrong jump. And, um, and, uh, and as I never blame the dogs, uh, she gets rewarded whatever she offers me. So, so it's up to me to learn, um, how to handle her, not the other way around. Um, if I try to blame her for the mistakes, all I do is slow her down. Um, and I don't want that. And, and being on that wild ride this summer that's taught me so much about handling is exactly the same way that God has almost been treating my world's personal life this last two three years. Um, everything crashed around me. And to start with, I thought God was not in that equation whatsoever. He definitely seemed to not be there. And yet, it's almost like you had to come to the, to the stage where you had absolutely nothing left for this world um, before he started to step in and gradually um, restore um, what, I'd, what I thought I'd lost, but it wasn't. What I needed was something different. I needed him. And, um, and it's just been an incredible restoration from my point of view. And I've never, ever been happier than I've been at this moment. How amazing is actually you used your dogs that are closest to you to actually achieve that as well. That's amazing. How much time is it, Dawn, that you spend uh, training your dogs? Because how many is it you've got? I've got nine. You've got nine. That's greedy. Yeah. <laughs> so how much how much time do you spend in? Um, obviously, you know nobody becomes a world champion in anything without a lot of hard graft and investment. So how much time do you feel that you have to put in? Well, that's that's interesting. Um, I don't actually train my dogs very much. Um, it's more about thinking how you're going to train them. Because it's more about a transfer of knowledge. All you need to do is get across the knowledge that you want them to know. So you do, I do more thinking than I do training. I put myself in their shoes. I try to think how they would think, how would it be easiest to get that transfer of knowledge across. It's not about me making them do anything. Yeah. Um, it's just transferring the knowledge. And um, and that's why if people give up on dogs um, or or they, you know, they blame the dogs for things. It's not, it's, not, it's not the dog's fault. It's all about us. It's, it's, it's that we have failed as trainers to get the knowledge across what we wanted. So that thinking time, you, you obviously spend hours and hours and hours and you spent years and years and years doing this. Would that be right? Yeah, yeah. So in terms of if you just stopped doing that and just turned up uh, and expected to be world champion, what would happen? Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. You, need, you do need the preparation um, you need a lot of knowledge and you need preparation. You need the relationship with the dog. You yeah. cannot do it without me. Yeah. So no room for complacency? Uh, no, no. You have to be on the ball. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a poignant place to end. Well, let us say goodbye to Vegas once more. And uh, thank you very much, Dawn, for your time. So is Vegas there going to say bye? Yeah. Come in, Vegas. Oh, wow. he's always right next to me, you can tell. Oh, look at that. Oh, bless him. <laughs> and a little <laughs> kiss to finish. All right, cheers a lot yeah. for your time, Dawn. That's fantastic. God bless you. Wow. Bye. Bye, Vegas. Knowledge, preparation, relationship. Fantastic. Thank you, Dawn. Well, whether it's dog, agility, training, living the Christian faith, or even, even adapting to the new uh, guidelines relating to COVID-19, we do need to do all that we can to guard against complacency. And we're going to think about what that means for ourselves shortly. But that's after our celebrations. So we're going to get rid of the lid there, the celebrations lid, and we firstly got some birthdays. Now, I don't know how we can actually uh, get these chocolates to people. Uh, that's a bit of a difficult one. Why don't you throw it to them? Throw it to them. Now, there's an idea. Well, we've got three birthdays this week. We've got one on Tuesday, which is to Mark. We've got one uh, on Wednesday, which is to Steve Ledley, who lives next door. We've got another one on Thursday, which is to Paul. Right, now, what can I do? Okay, right, Mark is at Broadmain. Right, uh, okay, Mark, are you ready? And apparently, when this, uh, I think it's something about when you throw something through space, there is a potential for that chocolate to even enlarge through time and space. So, here we go. Mark, are you ready there, Broadbane? Well, thank you. It's grown as it came through the internet as well. I have absolutely no idea whether or not he's got that uh, 
at all, but still, Steve, I can actually put this one to one side because you're only next door. And Paul is brought, mate. My geography was pretty awful, but uh, no, Paul uh, is charting down. Mark was brought, mate. Got to get the facts right. Okay, Paul, who's shortly waiting for caller. Paul, are you ready? I've no idea because you're miles away. Here we go, Paul. One for you. This is where a bit of faith comes in. You've just got to hope that that which is given is also going to be received. Congratulations, too, to Chloe, Jane Fishlock's daughter, who's a medic in the Royal Navy based at Yeovilton, and she's just been promoted to a leading hand. So whatever that is, Chloe, a massive well done, and congratulations from all of us. We also had a question last week. A question that I posed was, next door to where I live, there is a paddock that is filled with, filled with what? Well, actually filled with dandelions. And I posed the question as to how many dandelions you thought I had picked. How many dandelion heads? Um, up until and, uh, this particular moment on uh, the, the Sunday where this broadcast goes live. Well, here are the top three answers. In third place was Malcolm Hours, who actually guessed 75. Good guess, Malcolm. Very brave guess. Third place. Well done. In second place was Eve out of Chesilbourne, who actually suggested and thought it was 333. Even more dandelions than that. And in first place, our winner, the closest, was Paul Smith, who guessed 721. Now, I'm sure you're wanting to know what the right answer was. Well, the right answer was... 9,990 dandelions. Uh, I'm done in with me dandelions. But what about this week's question for you? This is a classic. There's someone in our church who's got a classic laugh. We want you to not just watch the clip. We want you to focus on the person who's filming this particular clip and listen to their laughter. Who do you think this is? I'm laughing just in thinking about it because I know what's coming. <laughs> and I can say... <laughs> what a great laugh and I hope that you found the laughter amusing as well well I also spoke to somebody who actually tops up our celebration tin we're very grateful to Dee for always being willing to top up the chocolates and here's a snapshot of Dee who's desperately missing the opportunity to hug everyone but she's more than made up for that as you can see <laughs> right well Dee you can tell you're missing your hugs at church aren't I you? I certainly am <laughs> Desperate times calls for desperate measures. This is Dee, who's hugging a plant outside her house. Just here saying hi to Dee, because they're scooping up some celebrations that we need to top up the tin. Any message for the church, Dee? I miss you all, my family. I miss you. And I cannot wait to see you, and I'll give you all a hug. I'll be on door duty first, I promise. Well, that's going to put people off, besides. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. Now, the day after we filmed that clip, sadly, Dee had a really bad fall. Uh, she broke her finger. Uh, she's bruised her face as a result of having a bit of a fight with the pavement. And, uh, and also has also got a very much a, a throbbing thumb as well. So do pray for Dee. And alongside praying for Dee, on Wednesday this week, Margaret Price had a really bad fall and has had to go to, to Dorset County Hospital. So hope that you'll include both Dee and Margaret in your prayers this week. And God bless you both. Hope you get well soon. OK, 
Okay, it's now time for a song again. And this is a children's song. So there's loads of action. So I hope you're going to participate at home, are you? I didn't hear you. Bit of audience participation, nothing quite like it. This was a song that was written by a, a young girl aged eight called Amy. It's called Stay Safe. And regardless of the guidelines, I hope that's what you're doing right now. So let's worship God in song with this great song written by an eight-year-old. Amy, aged eight, wrote a poem called Stay Safe. John, her dad, put a tune to it. And because Amy loved the tune, the song was born. Join in with the whistling. Time for whistling again. Come on, you can do it. Hope you're staying safe. Great song. Well done, Amy. Maybe that's inspired you to write a song or a poem yourself. Who knows? And if it has, do let us know. We'd love to read out your creativity. Well, as we conclude our time together, remember the three things that came up in our passage today. And think about what may well be of most relevance to yourself. Each of these three things are things that Jesus himself says to us. He said these things to his followers way back. Firstly, wait. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not very good at waiting. But there are times where that is exactly the right thing for you and I to do. Secondly, he said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Everywhere in God's word that we read about that sense of God's spirit coming upon people, there is an impact. There is transformation. Why not ask this God to come upon you, to come into your life? And thirdly, he then added in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will be my witnesses. May we not become complacent and may we seek to do that whenever opportunity arises. Now of course if, if you are one of those people who says that you're a follower of Jesus, well the reality is you are already a witness and so am I. The question is whether or not we're a positive one or a negative one. But you know there's three other things that I want to add as well. Three words and I've nicked these from my chat with Dawn 
on Zoom when we had that meeting together, where she spoke of what mattered most in terms of her dog agility training. One, knowledge. Two, preparation. Three, relationship. You know, as we start thinking about guarding against complacently, complacency, especially in terms of living the Christian life, it struck me how poignant those three words are and how each of them have got their place. Because each of us have got our own responsibility to seek to build up our own knowledge by maybe reading God's word or looking at a particular study guide that you may well have or be able to get hold of. To seek to be prepared to serve at all times. Sometimes that's quite difficult when there's such restrictions in place and with social distancing. But seek those opportunities, maybe to help out a neighbour or whatever. And thirdly, to seek to build up your relationship with God through spending time with him, as Dawn has sought to do herself. Now, let me tell you a secret. Not a total secret, because I have actually let Dawn in on this. But after that Zoom interview that we did, we were having coffee and, and just chatting about how she was getting on and how I was getting on. And she began to tell me a little bit of her own journey, a little bit of her background and her past and, and what led her to actually even start coming to the church right about a year or so ago. And also where she feels that she's at in her journey right now. Do you know, I was so fascinated what, with what she was saying that I secretly kind of got out my phone and started to record that conversation uh, again well it was so amazing I actually said Dawn if it's at all appropriate would you mind me actually playing that uh, as a part of the broadcast and she said well as long as I haven't got to watch it then yep that's absolutely fine so I can say that Dawn has given her permission for this other little mini segment of what we were chatting about over coffee was the very last service you had at the old building and um and there wasn't that even that many people there but the passion when people spoke and the, just the feeling in the room when you walked in it was like that was just so real it, it was just incredible and straight away i knew we both just looked at each other we knew this was the place this was the place i was meant to be um and and it sort of went on from there and the only reason we went there was because you have an evening service on a Sunday and I knew that sometimes I might be able to catch that on the way back from work on Sunday um, but and it's taken a long time because I'm not a very outgoing person so I don't get to know people particularly and my main interest is dogs and of course a lot of people are interested in that but um, but it really really has made a and I don't know what's made a huge thing, huge difference to say I can't put my finger on it but it really was it, that is when the change started, when I started to, to gradually improve and get a lot better. Um, in, you know, it, it was like I, I found God there and he restored, he's been restoring me um, over the last year. And it's just been, you know, I can only thank you for that. Well, well it's down to what God's been doing, isn't it? I mean, what, what would you say in like the last two or three months you feel that God has been doing in your life, really? Well, I've been so incredibly busy that um, trying to take care of nine dogs, trying to run the business on my own and, and do all that, that um, I, I don't think I'd really had enough time. Um, and it was really, really stressful what I was doing, all the travelling and teaching and everything and trying to create dog care at home. Um, so, th And I had a lot of stuff planned for this like this few months and I was going to be abroad a lot and I was really worried about it. Um, and... Um, but it's almost like this sort of stopped everything. The coronavirus just stopped everything. And for the first time ever, I've been able just to spend time. Obviously, I've got a big guy and I've got a jealousy quick in the year. I've been able to spend time with the dogs and I've been able to spend time just sat quietly with God. And, and, and it's almost been like a huge, um, a huge difference in our relationship. Um, I just feel so much, so much closer to him now that I've had time to actually spend with him. Um, and it's almost like you make, even though you've been incredibly busy, I'm sure there must have been time. And I think we make excuses to ourselves about um, what we prioritise. Um, and I'll never do that again because now I crave those, you know, those quiet minutes in the morning where I just sit in the conservatory with a cup of tea and 
and read the Bible. And I really crave those those minutes now. Um, and I don't think I'd ever want to lose that again. You know, we can each of us guard against becoming complacent by rethinking how we use the now. It's easy, isn't it, to become complacent. We all know the truth of that. But keep doing what it is that matters most. In this current pandemic, let's not get carried away with a slight relaxing of the rules. Let's not grow complacent. And let's not do that in reference to our faith either. And regardless of wherever it may well be that we feel we're at with God, let's remember that he is never complacent with you or me. He wants to start with where you are right now. Come to it. Allow him that time and space. Why not just be still before him right now? You can't go back and change the beginning. But Here's you can a final start song where that's you called are. Mighty to Save. Hope that you're entering into the reality of these words for yourself. I'm going to read just a small segment of a couple of the lines. So take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, and fill my life again. May it be that 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 we sing becomes our prayer as we worship God right now. Sing these words if you know them. Mighty to save. Everyone needs compassion. Everyone needs forgiveness.
This is me in the cafe. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate uh, anybody who takes the trouble and the time to link in. So all that remains for me to say is thank you very much, everybody, for coming along to church today. Okay, that's me and my imagination. But at least I've had your company, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, Mind the chair there, David, won't you? (laughs) Bye, everybody. Roger and I. Every day is a new beginning. Take a deep breath, smile and begin again. God woke you up today for a reason. Trust in him. Well, may God bless you uh, for having joined in with our broadcast. I hope that you're able to pick up the, uh, the main sense of what today was about. If you'd like to contact us, please do make a call to the church on 01305 267171. Or if you've got access to email, drop us uh, a line there. We would love to hear any questions you've got or any feedback as to what you've heard. Thanks again. And if you want to pass this on to a neighbour or family member before returning this CD, then that would be great. God bless you. Bye-bye.